1: We're live in three, two, one. Is this Dr. Matt Ryan? Yes, sir. Is this Mr. Bobby Cole? Uh, well, it is, but we're we're confused. We thought you played football.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: when, when, did you, when did
0: you get into veterinary services?
2: You have one rough Super Bowl and people kind of run you out of town. You uh, got to uh, take a career change. I just figured vet med was the perfect place to hide.
0: Hey, man, sounds good.
1: <laughs> look, we we started. We're looking at Rob, and, we, and he says, "Well, he's from
2: Oxford," and we're like, "Oxford, yeah." Oh,
0: nah, that's cool. He has redeeming qualities. Now look,
2: and I get I get at my clients give me a up I graduated from state. So they give me a hard time all the time. I bet and they I, do. I kind of when I'm get when I'm rising them back, I, I kind of check the temp and I look at them and I will say, you know, Oxford's a perfect place for a state fan to live. And I kind of leave it there. About half of them will bite. They'll say, "What do you mean?" I look at will smile, kind of the corner of my eyes, say, "No." Nope. So every time you walk to front that front counter and and that credit card, I know I'm taking money out of a rebel's pocket. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> there you go.
3: And there's a lot more money in Oxford, Mississippi, and a lot more labs. No
1: so, doubt about it. Uh, Dudley lived in Oxford for a little while. Yeah.
0: What was your GPA? I when think you he left lived Oxford? in every college town in Mississippi. I set the record at
3: Sigma Chi for being a pledge the longest.
0: Hey, that's pretty good. How, yeah, seven so, years, seven years, eight years. Uh, two years is a play. <laughs> yeah.
1: Doctor Matt Ryan, the at Duck Dog Vet Mac <laughs> Mac, and uh, we, we look. We, we're excited to have you on here,
2: Rob. I'm glad to be. I'm glad to be here with you. Yeah, me. thanks. For, we're me sorry, and Rob about this for quite some time.
1: Yeah, Rob is our mustachioed. Audio uh, sensory specialist. Yes. Yes. And uh, he, he has set this up. And yeah. Been working but, on hey, this. But
0: great job. Very relevant topic because let me tell you what, it's heating up out there, boys. My
3: air conditioning unit unit went out yesterday uh, in at the, home. How come it always Ooh, happens like that? Bad there?
0: Timing out there. Bad time, but yeah. it it is now it it is it's starting to heat up. So.
1: so so let's talk about keeping your dogs cool before we get started on this. We, that, Lanny, you always say, but, but who is this episode brought to you by? This is a bonus episode, but it's brought to you
0: by by our friends at Sportsman's Pride and the Fieldmaster line of treats and foods. So. It's good my, stuff.
1: My dog loves it. Copper loves he it. He does love He it. does.
0: I got those out of your office and he almost bit me when I was Is trying to put right? them in. Yeah, I did, yeah. I did. Well, he does <laughs> like. It. But it, it's definitely our choice down there at the kennel. Uh Mr. Bill, who we'll hear from later. Uh great, great mm-hmm. partners, great food of our that we're using down there. So yeah, field master. So, Matt, we right.
1: want to talk to you about uh taking care of your, care of your dog. And then Dudley's gonna ask about taking <laughs> care of cats. And then we'll have it mm-hmm. we'll we'll have it all covered it's it's going to be 100 degrees in the next few days what's some secret heat index
0: is uh, um, what, 115 in some place
2: yeah i think i think was it thursday or friday without heat index we'll hit 102 set some record highs this time of year and mm-hmm. so um during these kind of just really rapid warm ups because is, is when um kind of pets are just kind of more i guess predisposed for these kind of issues um just because we're not acclimated, you know, as well to it. Um, you see the same things when we have big cool offs during the winter, during duck season and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, this time of year, even though we are we may not be hunting real hard, there's you know, a lot of people are still out, you know, running, training, trying to um, keep their dogs either in shape for the upcoming um, hunting season this fall. Or like the, the big trend is, in the, like, i the I'll say it's a wing shooting world as a whole is just running a lot more tests and everything during the summer. Um, staying a lot more involved with those dogs instead of strictly hunting them like, you know, my, my dad and grandpa did where they grew up there in Stuttgart. Um, and so with that, you know, there's a lot of things we can watch for. Um, so when you're looking at kind of heat issues and heat, whether you can call it heat stroke or heat management, there's three levels we worry about. There's heat stress, heat exhaustion, and then the most significant, which is heat stroke. Um, Kind of what I encourage clients to watch out for are the early signs of heat stress. And that's where we need to, where we need to either bring those dogs inside if they're out, hanging out in the backyard or while we're working, um, you know, kind of, you know, back off the work and let them cool off and put them up for, um, for the day just so we don't push it too far. And so, yeah, during these, these times, it's definitely when, when it cools, warms up real like this, has relatively been a, a pretty mild June mm-hmm. is when we see a lot of these, these, these situations start coming through during um during this warm-up especially during the emergency hours. Once we get get into the evenings and with all as people start getting home from work,
1: you know, Matt, uh, I, I'm I'm amazed at, at how quick it can happen. How quick a dog can overheat. It it doesn't
2: take much yeah. in the right conditions. It it really doesn't. I've seen I've seen dogs that you know you get them out of the, the trailer or the kennel. And they seem perfectly happy, healthy, um, bouncing around, you know, they run on one mark or two blinds and, you know, total. I mean, it takes two or three minutes to do just both of those. And I've seen them get into a pretty rough, tough spot, um, pretty quick. Look, even looking at deep truck type situations with it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there's just, there's just so many factors that you have to take in that it's, you know, it's easy to miss just some of the small stuff that can be pretty risky there with it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's things like, You know, looking at humidity, wind, temperature, um, you know, the the condition that the dog's in. Is this dog used to training four days a week or has it been two months since you got him out to do any training? Um, and it's your first day out just trying to tune him up and all of that plays a part into it.
1: Does a black dog, is a black dog more susceptible than a, than a blonde dog?
2: Um, watching rectal temperatures on them, me personally, I've never seen anything with it. Um, that's including not only my time working with, um, these the sporting dogs, but also just kind of watching those dogs. And I was in the, the, off the army and the working dogs there with having those military working dog handlers watch their internal temperatures. I haven't seen a major difference between, um, skin coat, and hair color just because those, those, their coat is built as an insulator. So it does help keep them that heat off of them. But, well, you can definitely t- tell a difference. You know, when you reach down to pet them, you know, it may feel it, touch warmer. But when you watch their internal temperatures, I haven't seen much of a difference.
3: So, what are some signs to look for?
2: So, when you're looking at that first stage of the heat stress, um, one of the first several things you'll see is that a lot of old timers you'll hear them talk about they're, um, they're they get a big tongue, a flat tongue, or a shovel-shaped tongue. Uh, that's where, if we want to put them up um when they go from their that normal shape and really flatten it out and the reason they flatten that tongue out is because dogs cool through evaporative cooling they don't have sweat glands like humans do um, they have a couple down around their paws and here and there but they don't cool primarily that way it's that evaporative cooling and by increasing the surface area of the tongue and having that big wide shovel shape or flat tongue it allows them to cool just a touch better um other things you'll see is that they'll still be willing to work, but the work goes from being, you know, really good marking or casting over the first couple, um, kind of marks or, or blinds, and then all of a sudden they get real sloppy, um, kind of seem a little confused, and you'll start seeing that real thick, white, pasty saliva, whether it's around their lips or in the back of their throat. Um, you'll see all, sometimes, and this one you won't see all the time to where, um, they get a real, they're sort of a healthy pink. So, get a real dark red gum, uh, kind of gum line, mm-hmm. and then um, also you can see where they they really pull back those lips and open up that mouth as much as they can. And one thing, that's just so they can move more air and use that evaporative cooling. Uh, when you get into that kind of second stage, that heat exhaustion stage, you can have all the same signs as stage one um, in it, but in addition, you can see. That they kind of become weak or kind of get a little wobbly or in a tactic. Um, instead of just having some sloppy work, they'll absolutely, absolutely just refuse to work. Um, just because they're mentally aware of, they're just too tired to go or react to what you're asking them to do. Um, their panting can be kind of become uncontrolled. And the best way to describe that is when you're, you know, all right, you hit a point, where, all right, we're going to break and then offer them water. But that dog seems more concerned about. Panting and cooling than it does um, drinking water. That can be a, a sign that we're really pushing into the news, this heat exhaustion stage. Um, and then you can have some of the classical signs of dehydration where they have what is called a skin tent. When you pick up the skin behind their neck, it stays up for several seconds instead of flattening out within about three, two to three seconds. That's about the longest. Um, you can see some kind of dry or tacky gum lines and their eyes starting to sink a little bit. Um, and this is where, also the point where you can start having some vomiting and diarrhea. Hmm. And then um, once we step in the most concerning stage, that, that third stage of heat stroke, once again, you have all the same clinical signs as the heat stress and heat exhaustion. But this is where um, truly you're, you're pushing kind of, um, kind of life situations. Um, they get to where they can experience um, just two, two weeks after absolutely pick themselves up. They get a real dark. Um, urine or lactate urine. A lot of times the when they will have a, what's called port wine urine. This is how it affects the, can affect the red blood cells occasionally. Um, you can see seizures and head tremors. They can go into shock. Um, and it's really a, a life threatening type situation. Um, of course, all three of them kind of put, you know, kind of increases that life threatening, um, situation line, but that heat stroke is definitely where we lose a vast majority of dogs, um, during all of it. So. Once again, I always encourage when when individuals see kind of the first signs of that heat, that first stage of that heat stress or get that big tongue or that thick, sticky, pasty saliva. That's why I really encourage them to, you know, kind of pick our pride up their pace. We're just not feeling it today. We're, you know, overheating a little bit more. Let's let's it up and just come back to it later on.
0: So so what do we start doing when we see some of these stages? Is there anything in the field that we can do to, uh, you know, intervene?
2: Yep. And so when we're in the field and we start seeing these things, the first thing we want to do is get into a cool area, whether it's, um, you know, a shaded area or into the, into the cab of the truck or if you're there at the house, you know, get into the house where we have, um, some cool air and a fan of some type to circulate air around. Um, if we can, um, the big, a lot of times you'll hear people talk about wanting to put them into like ice baths. Um, do not recommend that because in these situations, if you cool them off too quickly with an ice bath, you can actually deal with clinical signs of hyperthermia and the heat stroke as well as hypothermia and just not because, because they can't regulate the temperatures as well um, beforehand. Um, you can also actually, by, by cooling them off too quickly, send them into even a heavier shock situation, which can be very, very, very difficult, difficult to control. Um, and really um, other than kind of what I talked about earlier, you know, kind of watching for, uh, the signs of that heat stress if we get into even if we think it may be a heat exhaustion or a heat stroke i always encourage individuals to you know never be scared to go to the clinic um go to go to your local vet who you have a good reputation with um, reputation with and um just say hey look we're working got a little concerned you may have overheated a little bit mind if i just get some IV fluid because, because uh, you know 100 100 or 150 dollars of IV fluids is definitely worth the money um if we know it's going to." It'll potentially help, help save a life or help prevent any kind of secondary organ um, issues that we can see uh, off uh, of these heat issues. And so and that's going to be where, even with the, the heat exhaustion and heat stroke, we may get them into a cool area and cool them off and they seem fine there at the house. Um, but I've had more than one, unfortunately, several days down the road still pass away. Because owners thought they were fine, and there was actually too much um, organ damage that occurred, and and they they went into um, livers or kidneys shut down on them, and and they went into failure and Mm. passed away because of that. And Mm. so always um, err on the side of caution if you have any concern about getting some fluid. and then once they've checked them out, if they recommend blood work, once again it may may seem like some you know a good bit of money, but knowing what's going on and not you know not losing that family pad or um, that. HRCH, finished dog, master hunter, um, we've put all a bunch of time and money into um, can really prevent a lot of issues and save them, even if we, even if we think they're fine there at the house. hmm Boy. Yeah, um, sad Other scenario. things we can... Oh, it definitely is. Um, that's, why, that's just why I always encourage, you know, I'd much rather individuals overreact than yeah. underreact to these kind mm-hmm. of situations. Um, but it's not just about things we can do when we have stuff going on, we can also look at things we can do, like steering before and after training. Um, you know, before training, we can make sure well, before and outside of training, just make sure they're in good body conditions for. Now they're not overweight, they're not underweight. Um, that way, they're they're not carrying too much extra additional stress outside of what they may be experiencing due to the heat. You know, allowing them to spend some time outside to acclimate. Um, we tend to see that these dogs that are couch dogs that go from a seventy degree house jump in the bed of a truck and then drive two minutes down the road and get out the train, just don't handle it as well as some of these dogs that have been allowed to spend some time outside. Um, whether, whether if it's just airing before they go work or, you know, staying in the kennel during the day with some good, good fans and everything. Um, and just allowing their body to acclimate so they can handle these temps better. Um, of course, you going back to body condition score, um, keeping them in shape, but not only keeping them in a good, weight range but also keep them in a good cardiovascular shape so not a, not just with training but you know in the mornings or evenings if your wife likes to go run let her go let the dog go run with her because it's just going to keep them in better shape to handle the stressors of training um of course talking to them just like we're having this conversation here about hey just kind of watch through things in case it's a little warm um try to run when it's you know early in the morning or cooler so it's safer for the dog but even things like that, running with a wife or a girlfriend can help keep them in better better shape to handle the stressors of training. Um, and then also, there's some supplements that I use occasionally. A lot of it depends on the dog. If they'll, they'll take them um, and consume them in the water. It's, it's two supplements by a company called Elements. There's a pre-hydration that helps. Um, it's a, they use it a lot in um, cyclists. use it for big races. There's a Product of this called hydration. It's glycerol based, and what glycerol does, it helps bring water into the the cells themselves. And and so they just stay kind of hyperhydrated while we're while we're training, just so they don't get dehydrated. And then there's a post workout, um, kind of post training sports recovery blend they have. So I think it works real well. A lot of it's dog dependent though, because you have to mix in the water, and some dogs don't like the flavor of it. Some dogs just refuse to drink it. So some of it works great. Some it's not so much, just because they won't drink it. Um, I think that hit most of it. I may have gone through it pretty fast. No, that's good. That's good.
3: Yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, uh, I mean, we'd like to think our dogs know what we're saying, but you can't just tell them, uh, you got a big day ahead of you. You need to get hydrated, you know, the night before. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, a
0: lot of common sense to this. Yeah. Pay attention, you know, work your dog in the morning early, you know, like we got to go work at the nursery uh, Friday, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to be there early, early, and we're going to quit early. early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh,
3: you know, that leads me to think, you know, there's gotta be some scenarios where you've had, you know, you've heard of issues with, with folks and their dogs. Um, one that comes to mind is, uh, you know, training in the afternoon, if you've got this really shallow body of water, um, that can get a lot hotter than it looks. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of that mm-hmm. being a problem?
2: Yes, but I think a lot of times individuals, and really, when I first found dogs, I had the same thought process and mentality of, you know, it, it's water. So if I'm training, they'll be cooler in the water, and they will be outside of it. But once again, in the summertime, these these shallower ponds and, and bodies they just they warm up just like a hot tub in a jacuzzi and if you can imagine at least i wouldn't want to um you know to go swim a mile in a jacuzzi just doesn't sound too enticing It sounds pretty <laughs> mm. stressful and it's, just, it's what we're asking them to do and so when that water's sitting you know 97 98 99 or even higher in some of these really shallow bodies of water it's it's just as bad if not worse than running the same kind of drill but on land because while they're running You know, not only is there airflow from the running, but there's hopefully a breeze blowing through um, just naturally to that area. And they just can't feel that while they're underwater. Um, That body's submerged. So, yeah. So that's kind of the way I've always just, you know, kind of thought about it. Man, I really, I don't want to go swimming in jacuzzi. I don't know if they really want to spend much time doing it, doing it themselves. And you're looking at kind of safety aspects of it all.
1: So, Matt, we hear nothing but good things about you as a veterinarian. And, uh, if folks, and as a gamekeeper. And as a gamekeeper. And uh, so, uh, <laughs> well, thank what do we, uh, if guys want to follow you, and I'm sure you posted some good information that uh, could help keep a dog safe, how, do, how can they follow you?
2: We can, we've we got two ways. Of course, I've got my um, social media, Instagram stuff, that's at DuckDogVet. But then there's also uh, my clinic here at Animal Clinic of Oxford. Um, we've got our own personal. Um, clinic accounts on social media of Instagram and Facebook. Like I said, that's just at animal clinic of Oxford. We stay so busy. We try to put information up there, but like I said, we rock and roll pretty hot and heavy. We don't have too much slow time. So, but I'm working, I'm working with, with Lee and all of them trying to, trying to up our social media presence a little bit. So we got, we got some, some fun stuff in the works coming up.
1: Yeah. Well, that sounds good. Well, Matt, uh, look, we, uh, Dr. Matt Ryan uh, at Duck Dog Vet. We really appreciate you being here and helping yeah, 100%. us. Yeah, hundred percent. Cause we, we want to keep guys, uh, look, we yeah. all have dogs. Hunter's best
0: friends for life, man. They're just, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're close to us. So yeah take care of them. I mean, I mean we, we, oh, yeah.
1: we, we, and ours are, you know, actually ours are a little older. Mine's a little heavier.
0: Yeah. I was going to bring that up. You might want to work <laughs> watching Copper. <laughs> yeah. till you slim him down a little bit. He's been, these, he's been in these field master treats a little bit too much, I think. Yeah. And, and Dudley's got a new cat.
2: <laughs> oh I mean,
3: yeah. I salvaged a cat. <laughs> yeah, well, a feral
0: the, cat. The warehouse cat.
2: Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm bet we could
1: try to pick up a duck or two if you wanted to. Probably, Probably so. It. Yeah. Well, Matt, <laughs> we appreciate you being on. Uh, look, d- tonight uh, our television show starts, so if you get yeah. a chance, watch uh, the Gamekeepers in. of Mossy Oak on the Outdoor Channel tonight at eight o'clock. Well, I
2: will definitely turn into it, tune into it. All right, man. Well, Thanks, Matt.
1: Look, yeah, we appreciate it. Thank appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, Matt.
2: Yes, yeah, sir. Y'all are welcome. Y'all don't hesitate to holler if you need anything.
0: Sure will. Hottie, toddy. Ow, that hurt. <laughs> that
2: kind of hurt. Yeah. yeah
0: that, that really damn. did. Let,
1: Rob, can you mark that, yeah, time, mark code that time code? Yeah, mark that time code. Lanny, the field, Matt, well, I don't think we covered how... Did, did Mr. Bill's on the cover of that. Yeah, that's package. The, yeah,
0: that's a good looking package, except for Bill being on it. But yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah what,
1: what, did they run out of pictures? And
0: just... Well, it's a it's a uh, a line of treats and feeds that have been developed specifically for some of the uh, best by with Sunshine and some of the best trainers in the field. So, um, you know, Bill worked has been we've been working with with Sunshine and subsequently these Fieldmaster – uh, products for the last couple of years. Uh, it's got some added, you know, good stuff in it, like omegas and all of that kind of stuff for sporting dogs.
1: Yeah. So, Lenny, where's where can a guy get these? Uh, I mean, uh, where'd you get yours? You know, I don't know. I think they were just sitting on my desk.
0: <laughs> <imagine>. <laughs> Probably a a present from Mr. Bill, but I think you can find it at online retailers. Just look on Google for uh, Fieldmaster dog treats, and it will be in the show notes. Our esteemed audio sensory specialist will definitely have uh, some links in the notes there.
1: So, Lanny, we couldn't talk about dogs and anything about dogs with having Mister Bill Gibson sitting on the couch. The get the
0: horn, the director of gun dog operations here for the whole enterprise. What? Hey, what? He's just a legend. Yeah, I think he's got a question for you. (laughs) Don't you? (laughs) A legend. A question for Bobby? Oh, uh, Bobby couldn't answer it if I asked.
1: (laughs) 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 Well, so he walks the halls. Yes, and my dog. Well, I'll be in there with my door shut, and my dog will hear his voice down there, and just they instantly get up, wa- tail wagging, and go sit at the door,
0: and won't pay a single bit of attention to you till he leaves. That's he's right. the
4: master, master. <laughs> yeah, he that's,
0: is.
1: That's because he loves me. That's right, he does. <laughs> he he, do, he he had a really good time with you when you were training him.
0: Yeah, he's trained yeah, all know. of ours. Sure he's,
1: he's picked up some bad habits with me though, but <laughs> uh, with you, he was. I
4: sort
1: notice that on occasion.
4: Yeah, you
0: do. Yeah. Bobby's been feeding him these field master treats. He said he loves them. He they, does. They're good for him. Don't, you, don't they got some chondroitin and omegas yeah. and stuff in them?
4: Yeah, omega fatty acids and chondroitin and uh, the things that they need for joint health. Mm-hmm. So they're really good for the
1: dogs.
0: Good to you. Yeah. I know copper Yeah,
1: that's better than just feeding them a, a high-calorie treat. T- Scooby yeah. snack. Yeah. yeah. No, Scooby <laughs> like snack. Like a cupcake.
0: Or- yeah.
4: Go with the field <laughs> Donut. Master. Yeah, these it, these it, are much better farms. Yeah. Copper loves a donut. Yeah, he right he now. does had
0: a
2: donut.
4: ain't no doubt about that. That's why I brought that up. Uh,
1: well, so look, Mr. Bill, we, we've been it, – it's fixing to be really hot. It is. And, uh, no, it's it, not
4: fixing to be – it is. There's 100 out there today.
0: Yeah, y'all so, are training real early, huh? Deadly try
4: I'd say what you think. I got down there about uh, 7.30, hmm. and and uh, the assistant trainer got there about six thirty, six o'clock. And uh, we had a dog going home to Texas that we had to show the guy how to work the dog. Yes, sir. He came in yesterday, so we started early because a dog overheat really quick in this heat. Mm-hmm.
0: No doubt about it. And uh,
4: we don't want to deal with uh, hypothermia no, issues. Sir.
0: No, sir.
1: Wow. So can you just kind of tell us uh, in in your experiences, well, what's the – when should a guy train? You know, this time of year, during this intense heat, what what do you recommend, and what should a guy watch for?
4: What I recommend is they get up early in the morning, about the time the sun comes up, and train fifteen, twenty, thirty minutes, and stop for the day. Because a lot of people say, "Well, I get home at five or six o'clock." Well, that's when the the ground is heated up. You're getting a lot of heat off the ground. The sun is still shining. You're getting a lot of heat off the sun, and it's not a good time to train. The best time is early in the morning yeah. because the next thing you know, the dog's going to be hyperthermic, and then you got a real issue on your hands.
1: You know, so what we're, what we're saying and what Dr. Matt Ryan said, and Dudley, do you need some glasses or No, something? I'm just
3: looking at the ingredients. It's, and I'm, it's probably going to take a little bite.
1: Yeah, go ahead and tell us what it tastes like. So, you know, it's pretty obvious this time of year in, in July and August that you – Got to watch out for the heat. But, you know, next thing you know, we all get excited about dove season. September 1st gets here, and mm-hmm. you want to load that dog up and take them. You got to be careful then, too. Yeah, you have to be really careful.
4: Best thing to do is it's not important whether you shoot a dove or not. What's important is that you keep the dog out of direct sun. So I always pick a shady spot, and if a dove comes by, I shoot at it. If they don't come by me, somebody else can shoot at it. Because yeah, no, I don't want to overexert my dog. I don't want to overheat my dog. And I don't want to have to leave the dove field and rush to the vet office to get uh, vet care for
1: him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And, that, you know, a dog can make a hunt so much more fun. But you just got to do it under their under their terms, I guess would be 100%. It. Yeah, you just
4: got to keep an eye out. When that tongue curls on the end and starts to turn red, it's time for that dog to take a break. Get in the sun. Give it a little bit of water. You don't want over water either because there's such thing as water toxicity. Hmm. They can actually overload on water, and it's harmful for them. So, you know, a little drink here, a little drink there. Don't just put a two gallons of water out there and expect the dog to drink it all at one time. And,
3: I, I mean, that's kind of the same with humans. If I'm about to go on a long walk out in the sun and I chug a gallon of water, I mean, you Probably gonna throw you, up. you drink a little yeah. bit and and, and and hydrate yourself.
4: Yeah. Just enough to get high, to stay hydrated, get hydrated, stay hydrated. Same with the dog. You don't want to put him in an overload where he's out there drinking two or three quarts. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit of water at a time. And people say, well, best thing to do is take him swimming. That's not going to do him much good because the surface temp of the water is about the same or higher than the surface temp that he's experiencing out there in the field. So. Water swimming is not going to do you much good,
1: Mister Bill. You ever been on a dove shoot and somebody's somebody's dog have, get have heat exhaustion? And have, have you seen it happen? No, never seen it. Uh,
4: of course, when I back when I dove hunted a lot, uh, there weren't many dogs around. You couldn't even find a yellow lab in this part of Mississippi mm-hmm. because I bought my first yellow lab in Washington D.C. I was living in uh, Alexandria and going through the, uh, well, I guess you call it the Secret Service Academy for my initial law enforcement training. And I bought a yellow lab, brought it back down here, and that's the first one I ever remember seeing. That's why I bought it when I could get it, (laughs) because I knew (laughs) I couldn't get one when I got back down this way.
1: Everybody
0: down here has got black labs, is that? Mm Mm-hmm. Did. I think that was the most predominant. I think that's the dominant trade anyways, isn't it?
4: Yeah, you got a lot of them that are dominant black. Mm-hmm. Then you got some that are uh, yellow factored mm-hmm. so that they can throw black or yellow. Just mm-hmm. like at the kennel, we've got some. All you're going to get is black. Cole mm-hmm. throws black. Cooper throws black. Some of the others throw black and yellow as long as the old female's not dominant black.
1: So a lot of times those morning hunts are a lot easier on a dog than the afternoon. Sometimes those in September around here.
3: It, it can be brutal. Know, in the
1: deep south, it can. can Boy, it can really be hot.
3: Yeah, and September is still summer down here. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: hundred percent. And if you,
4: you know, if you shoot like me, you're not going to have a limit by nine o'clock. <laughs> I shoot at a lot of birds and don't hit many, <laughs> especially at my age. But if you know, you know when it's time to quit. Is a dove worth sacrificing your dog? No, no, not.
1: You know, one of my everybody's got a dream. One of my things that I would love for us to be able to do, and I'm look, everybody I'm looking at, plus a few more.
3: I'm going to cut him off, go dove hunting in South America. Yes. I yeah.
1: would love for How, us you know to go, go so and, well. and, and do a live podcast from Argentina after we shot doves. Because have you ever, I, I mean, I'm looking around the room, everybody but Rob, but have you ever shot doves till you just
0: like thought, that's enough? No, I mean, because we've always had to quit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wish, I wish some one of our, you know, if somebody
1: High Adventures or somebody like that would sponsor us to do I'd, it. I'd hate to be
3: a dog on one of those hunts. I, I mean, the dog would enjoy it, but
0: I I, mean, that, I think yeah. you have a person down there instead yeah. of dogs. Yeah. Multiple <laughs> people.
1: Have you ever been to South American Dogs? No, the,
4: on, the only guy I know that was there used to work for Moss Oak. And he went down, and I think he told me he shot 2,500 rounds and killed
0: 2,450 doves. Ooh. Man, that's a lot of bacon ramps. You think it could and, cook all
1: in, Bobby? Well, that is a, that's a pretty good average right there. <laughs> I don't know that I believe that. A, yeah, I do, knowing the
4: shooter. Mm-hmm. But if if it was me, I'd shoot 2,500 times. I might get five or six. <laughs> oh, get a, get a nice plate
0: full. Yeah. Right. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Well. But this guy could shoot and uh i believe him bottom line is you know like mr bill said it's it's one dove is not everything and i think we even you know they can get cold too one duck's not everything too so just be That's aware right. and you know take care of your pup yeah look, I, for,
3: look for the signs
0: yeah i guess you know carrying water in the field makes sense picking shady mm-hmm. spots um working them early um Mm-hmm. It, you know the thing that sticks
1: out with me, and I guess we can kind of wrap it up on this though. But those dogs love us so much, and they want to work so hard, and 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 ultimately it's just that's to please you, to
0: please that's right.
1: That it, that they they will go until they just fall Aye, over. I sure will. That they, you've got to take. It's just like a kid. You've got to take care of them. So it's, you know it's a good idea, guys. It's just a little tip. But uh, put your vet information in your phone. In your phone, so that's you fine. don't have to. So you can call while you
4: yeah. And if you're going out of town, when you get to the place that you're going to hunt or wherever you're going, uh, find out where the nearest vet office is. Stop by there and tell them, hey, I'm hunting here this week. Uh, if I have trouble with my dog, how can I get in touch with you? If it's after hours, how can I get in touch with you? You come out after hours. Just find out what the vet is willing to do, and then you've got all that information. And if something goes wrong, you can contact that vet.
3: Good idea, uh, even if you 've got an outfitter that you 're going with in a different state, you could probably ask them before you go if they if they have a have a vet
1: so i i'll tell this and then we 'll close this thing out though but guy, there's a lot of dog trainers around the country yep. and, and and whatnot and there' got a lot of guys pretending to be dog trainers, but I have literally watched Mister Bill. When you take a dog over there to him, he just walks away from you with the dog, and they go sit down in the grass. And for twenty minutes, he's like a kid playing with that dog. I ain't talking to it, him. It, and he's whispering. And the, I, I mean, it's it's really amazing to watch. And then when they get up, it's like. Whatever Mister Bill asks that dog to do, that dog's going He's to do dog. He's the dog whisperer. That's it's for sure. really amazing to watch. Yeah, his yeah, training I give him, and his techniques. Have to get my
4: sugar over there, you know. <laughs> yeah. little lick and never hurt him. <laughs> I'd
1: love to know what you're telling him.
4: <laughs>
1: there's
3: something about it.
4: There is. You know, I have a
3: buddy that's like that with horses, and mm-hmm. there is just something about it. It yeah. is. It is the
4: real thing.
3: Mm-hmm. It, some people just are better at working with
4: animals than others. Well, <laughs> they establish themselves like in my case is the alpha dog. Now my wife would be the zebra dog. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know, when you're the alpha dog, they recognize that and they gravitate to you. Just mm-hmm.
3: they can sense it. Yeah. Yeah. How
1: about
4: that? They can they can they look at your facial expressions, your body movements, your voice, everything. They can weigh it and they know you better than you know them.
0: He's got a pretty good growl on him too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah,
4: give, give us that growl one time. Just, <laughs> what? Give us the growl one time. My my favorite punishment is,
0: da,
4: da, da. is Yeah. There it is. And when I do that, <laughs> they behave. Yeah.
1: yeah. that's good. All right, guys. we got anything else we need to say?
0: No. Nah, very lucky to have Mr. Bill here. Stay cool. Yeah. Yeah, stay I, cool. Guys, I was just, certainly enjoyed being that was pretty here. good there, buddy.
1: Well, we always enjoy having you, Mr. Bill. So uh, looking around the room, if that's it, I wish Tox had been here. He
0: loves talking dogs. He loves his dogs, that's for sure. Yeah, so. uh, He got
1: a house full. He certainly does. So, Dudley, why why don't you say goodbye, Dudley?
0: Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Rob.